0: Hello, Cyclocross friends, and welcome to episode 277 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we're talking about Waterloo World Cup, and then I think we have to circle back on Pan Ams for a bit, and then we're going to finish up with some Fayetteville. Here's here's a little behind-the-scenes look. I'm doing this live. They're staring at me right now. So if Michael comes in with a fourth topic at the end, This intro is just all messed up, but we'll see how it goes. You and I are in this together. Anyway, that's about it. Episode 277 Cyclocross Radio. We got Michael. We got Zach. We're talking about the Waterloo World Cup. And we're doing all of that right now. Watch this transition. We are back in the media pit. I already saw Zach briefly on Sunday at the World Cup. I haven't seen you in a while, Michael. What's going on? Uh I raced some cross this weekend. That was fun. Really? How uh what what is this like? Do you all have a series anymore? Is this like a USA cycling sanctioned thing? Is this just like bandit cross? Is this throw up, throw down some cones? Talk talk me through the uh the New Orleans cross scene. This is Boss Cross. It's in its 5th year. Okay.
1: It's completely unsanctioned, it's banned it, um, but pretty big event, five years in a row, and uh, we just kind of commandeered some trails at the, in the city park and uh, put out a little course, a little bit of tape, some cones, some flags, um, right next to the uh, soccer league, it was, it was pretty great, um, and yeah, had a little cross race, it was a blast, short track graveling it, man. Fantastic, how'd you do? Well, I actually won my race, so I haven't <laughs> won a cross race in years, so that was pretty fun.
0: Do you have a podium? Just stand on a podium?
1: Uh, no podium. Uh, we just stood next to each other and uh, put our hands in the air. Which usually it's a usually it's a cooler.
2: Which which post up did you do?
1: Uh, I grabbed a beer from the official, the "quote unquote" official. <laughs> that was my
2: post up. Give me a beer. I'm done. Michael, if you were having a post up, which one would you do? Like, which which post up would be yours? I mean, I've never had to think about this because I don't.
1: I, I'm never. I'm never posting up. Which one would be mine? Wow, that's. Um, I think I would. I would. I would have to do like a Tom Scoyne's thing, just kind of like a maybe finger guns, finger guns in the air, just kind of just being a goofball because like I'm not very coordinated and I don't do this a lot and a little bit of a
2: spaz so
0: how about you zach what, what's your what's
2: going what's your post up i also have not had to think about this i was always partial towards kerry werner's finger guns i don't know why i like like the, the subtleness of just the the kerry werner finger guns but that's been taken so i would clearly have to to think of something on my own um I, I feel like the, the one race I did win, I, I remember the finish was on like this insanely bumpy ground in a Milwaukee park. And I was like trying to like take my hands off the handlebars and it was just not happening. So I think I just did the uh, coast uh, across the line because I didn't want to crash.
0: That's good.
1: That's good. That's good. Conservative look. You know, I'm remembering now. Okay. This is like 10 years ago. I won a crit and I did the, I did the tiger woods. Oh, nice a little fist
0: pump up! Fist pump uppercut. up! Yeah, that was that was
1: that was my celebration. So. I like the uppercut. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was shocked. You should do like it in 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 if you do win next time and it's like sunny and dry out there. You should just like fake wipe off your <laughs> kit and do a little you know reveal of your uh, of your sponsor. Uh, I'm totally doing that. Yeah, there you go. And then and then pretend like you're wearing a watch and stop it. I'm doing that in Fayetteville on Saturday. Okay, cool. You can help me maybe. Um, I, I need to record. I've been thinking about this. I need to do a, this is uh, actually plays right into what we're talking about. I, I, I've been talking about doing a finish line post up photo tutorial. So I need to actually do that. Do you want to explain so, a little bit
1: of that on air now? Because I, I like this
0: well it's it's really it's just to you know this it's it's for a very select <laughs> uh, viewership i guess I mean everybody can watch it maybe it's 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 sort of the aspirational it's the people who you know don't want um to get rid of the estate tax even though they'll never inherit anything it's it's that so it's still an interest for everyone, but the people that it actually affects are that you know just that one percent but basically it's like how you go about posting up in a way that you were going to get the best photos afterwards where you're going to come back and go that's a sweet photo i can see where i'm at i can see the race behind me you know i'm at the right angle all of these little things that nobody takes into a into consideration uh, that you need to do to get that get that right right angle and 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 it's really it's it's not where you have to post up is not necessarily intuitive. I will say so that. So what you're saying is I'm
2: assuming one of the examples would be the Anne Marie worst 0.75 second micro post up that happened I think at Charm City. Well,
0: I mean even that would be fine, but again she's like hugging the barriers, you know, she's not really positioned well, but I think I think she is one of these people who has the benefit of really picking her spots. When you win a lot, I think you're able to say, you know, okay, well, this one I got to get right. Let me be dead center here. Let me uh, hold this pose for a good three, four seconds so everybody can get their shot, you know, but if you're winning like four times in a row, it, I don't know. Well, but Vinny Vinny was like the the example
2: of what to do. I mean, he held that post perfectly. Sometimes he'd give a couple different looks. I mean, you hold it past the finish, you could do a different look. You could do two post-ups in one.
0: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the Waterloo. Should we start with the C1? I think it's worthwhile talking about the Trek CX Cup before we get into the World Cup itself because I think the Trek CX Cup... Kind of answered some some questions we had about well, the biggest question out there you know what's what's Clara Hansinger been up to and i i I think at least for the North American contingent that was there with a few French and Dutch uh folks thrown in, she kind of showed that she's where we would expect her to be uh she I dominated that race uh, I think that. She started the way Clara starts. If we're, if we're looking for like, did Clara spend her road season working on her cyclocross starts? I think that the answer is probably not. She's kind of, you know, doing her thing, dieseling around, won that race, I think possibly by two, like two minutes or something. Um, and then, you know, so that, that kind of answered the questions going into Sunday, uh, how that was looking. And then. On the other side Lars Vanderhaar who has a very condensed world cup schedule in North America he's only at trek so he also raced the C1 we always you know the lions have to send some folks out there to race for the for the home team so he was yeah I think he he volunteered for that one and was able to get the win it was a actually a really good race and nice fight at the end and uh he went hard for it and uh got that victory and as he said you know a win's a win put in the going to put in the work even if it tires you out for the next race
1: hey man that's what i said on sunday wins a win i'll take it bandit
0: cross or not
2: i thought it was kind of interesting that lars was you know i mean he's pretty he's he's a borderline topper you know he's towards the upper end of the sub topper like typically the lion who draws that straw isn't kind of at that level but then you know it was announced because um his wife lucy just had their kid uh he was heading back home uh, to be home with his kid, so then it made sense that he wanted to to get two races in, but I mean that 's kind of like uh, upper echelon I mean there was a year though that Vanderpol raced the c two on friday that was i don 't know that was back in the day. I think that might have been the really hot year, um, but yeah, I just would say towards the upper end of your lions who draw that have to race the c two c1 this time, the Friday race
1: I was thinking yeah armand don, our Armand our man Don was like Lars what are you doing to me, man? Like, this is like, I got this and like, you got to come and spoil my, like, cause Don's been up there in these, in these, these Friday races. I feel like he's finished pretty good there before. So yeah, Lars had to spoil it for yeah, him. even,
0: even Curtis, Curtis was trying to employ his, uh, beat Vinny, uh, strategy and went off the front a couple times to try to, try to get the, get the victory. But it, 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 it wasn't happening. It didn't, did Wout, on Wout reveal year, did he race the C one or the C two? I don't year?
2: think so. Okay, wait, that was twenty seventeen or eighteen? Twenty eighteen, 2018? 2018 was was that year? I I think it was twenty seventeen that Vanderpool did it. That was like the the hottest yeah. hell season or year, and then because I remember that race, Tobin was actually racing with. Uh, with Vanderpool for a bit, which was really cool. And then I think he kind of got toasted (laughs) from, from that effort. So,
1: yeah, that was Vanderpool won that race. Um, and then the reveal year. Wow. Didn't, he didn't race the C2.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. Yeah, It, I, it makes sense. I my only
2: my only thing about this race, I mean, I couldn't make it because I had a work deadline, but I, w- I wish this race was later in the afternoon. I mean, move it back to a traditional time, let it glide right into the Legends race, put all the amateur races earlier in the day. Uh, I don't know. Might get bigger crowds, might get your media to be able to get out of work to cover it. But I don't know. That's just been my one thing. It's been really hard not being in Madison to, to make it to this race, but... I guess that's a me problem more than anything else.
0: I'm going to go with a hard disagree on that. Okay. How come? Done. Six o'clock, I was oh. done. Well, I had all my th- stuff edited. I had it all sent out to everybody I had to send it off to. Fair. You didn't cover the Legends take race? That over
2: <laughs> No, I didn't have anybody I had to cover for. <laughs> all right. Fine. Uh, You're right. You win. This is clearly a me problem. Bear. weiler fleets
1: wasn't interested in sven uh racing the legend race i mean they may have been i wasn't working
0: for them <laughs> yeah <laughs> they actually had a guy there i met him yeah, he was a nice guy. guy maxime yeah uh so he he basically had to come to wisconsin to be able to get more than 10 minutes to sit down with sven and tebow wow that was that was that was his goal so that was that was pretty
2: funny it's more lax. I mean, that's what everyone says. More relaxed. Everything's yeah. more chill.
0: Less pressure. Well, there's no, there's there's no demand on this on the time, right. Too. It's yeah. Not you know twenty different journalists like pulling every way for you. All right. Uh, where do we want to start? I mean, oh. anything? Yes, Michael. I got a joke for it. Let's, let's start with a joke. Okay, let's start with a joke. You go. What's red,
1: white, black, and blue? and dustier than Gianni Vermeersch's face after Gravel Worlds.
0: What is red, white, <laughs> black, and blue, and dustier than Gianni Vermeersch's face after Gravel Worlds? I've got nothing. Bill?
1: I- the front of the women's race in the World Cup. <laughs> okay. All right sorry their kits it was all red it was literally a sea of red you have yolanda i mean you had lucinda and then you had celine
2: okay all right her kit was blue yes red. alvarado's blue red white, white uh, black. Blue. Lucinda yeah. was white
0: oh. yes okay that's what i said okay but you just said it was all red black you and, just said everything was all well, black and red would be the other it would be you know femme and and denise
1: Okay.
2: Right. Well, that
0: failed. That was terrible. Michael, can you please nah. go back to the? I mean, not
2: to be. Uh, maybe the puns. Maybe the pun. Do you have a pun? Do you have a pun? No, I liked it.
0: I liked it.
1: No, it's fine. It's fine. I'm. I'm sure we'll get a one star review now. Um, it's okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's just it, you could have just gone red, white, and blue too, because it's just all Dutch. Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah. That was a- And 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 then the first non-Dutch also red, white, and blue was Clara. So you know. I like it. I think it's a winner. Put it in the book.
1: <laughs> I got to say, that was a really fun race to watch. Um, that is, as I've said before, my type of racing. I love a good grass crit um, at track. Fast laps. Short laps. I mean, they were ripping around.
0: Um, you should have seen the C1 race. They were sub because they didn't have the the only elevation on the venue they were they were running sub six minute uh laps on the men's race i mean this is like an f1 track
1: out there it was yeah anyway i just that that was a really great race to see and we got um we haven't talked a lot about the euros on this podcast because we had a great american season so far um i believe i just want to give a shout out to myself for calling fem winning this race and I, I predicted that Clara would finish in seventh to tenth range, which I think is fair. It's like first World Cup. It's dry. It's fast. I think that's sort of a kind of what we expected from her.
0: I, I I give you credit for that one, but giving yourself like a shout out and a pat on the back for calling Femme, I mean, that's like giving yourself a shout out for waking up today. Didn't didn't all of us oh, do that?
1: No, you guys didn't
0: all call Femme, Did you? Cinda.
1: Yeah, okay. come on, I, I World I
0: Champ. You and I okay, you and I were right. Zach was wrong. Well, fine. <laughs> just like waking up.
2: It's just like waking up. But I mean, so the question is though, I mean, no one here predicted or called what Celine Alvarado did. I mean right. you know, it seems like she she was on form that we haven't seen since uh the COVID year. I mean, you know, last year she had a number of illnesses, missed times, but uh, it sure looked like she put all of that behind her. I mean, she was aggressive from the get go. She had that really massive lap four attack that she just kind of like really stretched thing out, things out and almost you know broke apart that lead group. But I don't know, unexpected but really awesome to see that she was totally uh, back on her game. And it looks like we have an an old friend who's back to to really be a player in this uh, elite women's field.
0: Yeah, and also I think if you gauge – I, 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 we'll talk about it and, and I just giving you a hard time, uh, Michael, who knows how if Fem just had that early season success or if she was going to carry it through. But seeing it you know, on that broadcast and also seeing it live, she's just at a different level right now and she is just so – Fast and so strong and she was really able to just kind of break everybody by by the end of that race you know there was great racing but i think that that alvarado was kind of last woman standing with her even after brand was like i've given this all i can give and third place looks like a good spot for me uh you know, Alvarado still, she, you know, she had to dig deep and, you know, she was sort of, she, she may, we'll see, but she was definitely playing the part of the dangler in, in that one and, and was able to, you know, persevere at the end and, you know, took it down to a sprint, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. It's exciting. I'm really, I'm really happy for it. Cause sometimes we see these great riders come and they have like a couple of good seasons and then, you know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't work out. And that's how, what sports all about but it's nice to see that whatever was going on with her she's able to have resolved that and is like really on top form so it's pretty exciting
1: right so so she had two years ago she had a blood something with her blood and then this year i learned this last last season sorry yeah last season sorry and then this year she had she like broke her wrist um, I think in the summer, maybe. And so she was kind of coming back from that. So I was curious to see, you know, she was... I remember I read one article. She was not sure where she was at form-wise. And and I, I don't know if, you know, a, a, a dry course is, is probably better uh, for your wrist. But it didn't seem to affect her. Um, but I do want to ask that because you're kind of the arbiter of backness. Sprinting for the win, getting beat, but getting second place. Can we say... That
2: Rado is back. I just want to ask you. I mean, I think one race does not make such a situation. I mean, I wrote about that. I think we've almost retired that bit, but I mean, sure. I, I you know, I think that she's going to keep doing it. I think the way that she wrote, I think it's pretty clear that that she will be be back, and I, I'm really excited. It's you know, it's really exciting to see. We missed her. Like she adds a different dynamicism to the the race i mean you saw where she attacked mid-race and one thing that she talked about in her post-race interview is she's like look all three of us make last lap moves (laughs) and they all kind of had their plan you know and i think alvarado is very particular about picking her spots and where she's gonna go and in a way i think brand kind of just upset the apple cart in that regard because brand's just like you know what i'm just gonna go from the beginning and you know uh Maybe almost pulled it off. I mean, Femme, to her credit, sat on her wheel. And Alvarado also was like, yeah, I tried to you know, stay a little bit. Bill, you mentioned dangling. She was like, that was my plan. And it, it darn near almost worked out. So just exciting to see. Fun to see that last lap with riders who all have a penchant for making last lap moves. You know that they're all calculating it. And it's just kind of funny that Brand's like, even though you know I'm going to do this, it's still going to be unexpected. <laughs> to try to do like the whole last lap uh, attack.
0: Yeah, I, w- I was mentioning it before we started recording, but even in that last lap, you had the fight between Brand and fem Van Ample, and I know everybody has gotten F one fever, and there is part of this course that sets up just like your classic F one course with some switchbacks and some chicanes, and you could see it. You know, it'd be a good somebody should do a video on this just about uh um. Line choice on that, but also, you know, the classic F1 late braking to make a pass, which is what uh, Femme did, came in super hot, was able to get around Lucinda by basically braking late and making the turn around the switchback, but then Lucinda on the next switchback had the better position, was able to pass right back uh and get back in front again to retake the lead and then my my comment before was like just like an f1 race it then just came down to who had the faster car you know your your straight line speed as as they like to say and then fem just was like okay that was cool that was a really neat pass good job (laughs) lucinda i'm just gonna go right by you on the on the straight and then she retook the lead and then they then they really started getting into it we got some good physical elbows out you know rubbing his race and it went from f1 to nascar i think in a matter of <laughs> of seconds in that last lap just uh you really jockeying for position before you know everybody's like you know zach you've talked about it a ton you you want to get to that factory hill first that's kind of that's kind of the goal and they they definitely looked like they were racing for that
2: yeah one thing that was interesting is the i mean you know bill we you, you talk about like the barriers and stuff, the uphill exit. And so this, the planks are really short and I think you see way more amateurs hopping the planks at Trek than you do at a typical race, but then the exit is, is really steep. And so it kind of like puts a premium on being able to do that. And I think two years ago, I want to say we saw like Yolanda Neff just hopped the barriers and rode away from everyone. Uh, But it was, it was at the planks. I mean, as we saw, as Brand's facial expression and body language indicated, she was spent. Um, but, you know, Femven Van Ampel was the quickest to remount. And it's just kind of cool to see as someone who's new to the sport that she had that quickness. I mean, I think that's where she ultimately kind of got to the front where things changed. It was like the uphill exit, remounting. Uh, but at the same time, could have been more interesting if like Puck Peterson was there. Who knows? I mean, if she had stuck that group and had been able to hop the planks, could have been an... an Even more interesting interesting finish so um i don't know that was my take on where kind of like it ultimately happened after the many many passes uh that lucinda and fem were doing going back and forth
1: i've watching just some of the uh earlier euro stuff and just seeing the way fem rides i'm just kind of blown away and i've you know made the claim i'm all in on her winning worlds but Elite, if she decides to race, I think she will race Elite Worlds. Um, but she's so she's like so powerful and smooth, like super smooth. You look at her, you watch her when she's racing, like she's almost nose breathing, and that's just it's it's pretty fun to see that. Um, and so yeah, so she she like you, you, Brand tries to make a move, and they go to that the the, the run up, or sorry, the factory hill, and just to see like Brand just be broken and like shake, like drop her head and shake and say like, that's it. I mean, I, I, I don't know that I've seen that happen to brand that often. The current world champ, um, pretty cool thing to say. She's the current Euro champ. Just don't want. Yes, you're right. Marion Voss won at Fayetteville. Okay. Yep. You're just right.
2: Don't for the fact checkers out no. There, no. for the fact checkers out no. there. Um, So my, I, uh, remembering back Bill to the, uh, to the, um, mountain bike media pit, Nino Schurter, was it at Val de Soleil worlds, uh, two years ago? Uh, when he just totally punked uh, Matthias Flukager. I was just, I was watching, I was scrolling through Twitter before I watched the whole replay and saw coming down. I mean, there's a flyover, it's downhill into the hard left. It's a pretty unique finish and it's, you know, relatively short sprint coming out of like no speed whatsoever. Um, But Femme went kind of right. And I just watching it, I was like, Alvarado could have, in theory, in my opinion, pulled the Nino and done kind of the F1 thing and just sprinted to the inside of the corner, maybe cause a crash. I don't know. And it seems like she was just setting up for the sprint. Um, but then also coming out wide into the sprint, seems like she could have cut harder and kind of forced Fem out towards the the boards and maybe been in a better position. As if she was thinking about this after being completely gassed. But it's just a thing that I noticed watching the last like 20 it- seconds of that race
0: isn't fem bringing more by going wider, isn't she bringing more speed into the sprint more momentum? yes, yeah, she was, um, and I think you know Alvarado
2: could have though braked her i maybe it was like that was her plan, and it, but it kind of left. Maybe the inside open? I don't know. I don't. May it just reminded me of that, and I don't know if it's possible because it's so fast. You're coming. They're coming so fast. It's on pavement. It's not safe to do that. So maybe only Nino Schurter would have done something like that.
1: I think. I think the the issue there is that Femme came in with more more strength. She had le- She had more kick left, and so so Alvarado was on like that razor's edge, and I, I just I just yeah I just she. Maybe could have done it, but I think she had enough um, that she would have been able to out sprint Alvarado anyway.
0: Okay, I, ha, have we uh, successfully put way too much stock into one race? I'm for, for yeah, Fem Van Eppel? I'm I'm basing this off
1: preseason <laughs> races other, yes, too.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Fem is one zero versus Alvarado in two up sprint. She's two one versus Brandt for those keeping track at yeah. home.
2: Bodie yeah. bringing the facts. Also Bill, we should note that, you know, he wanted to talk about Eurocross and we just we gave him I know, the, we I'm gave just, him the old just, uh, the
0: old hook. <laughs> I'm taking the back seat and let him go. Okay, here's my question for you and this might be uh, you know, uh, one that we don't want to talk about here as North American Cycling Fans Cohorts Media Foundation. Did the plan work, or did the plan backfire? You know, we can talk about it when we get to uh, the men's race as well. Anne Marie Worst fifth place is that is that a satisfactory finish? Does that did the did the uh, four wins against North American uh, competition and not having jet lag is, did that help her, or is that was it status quo? Would she have done worse? What do we what do we think? Well, and also Vinny was way off his game. Yeah, like, that's what I was saying. To, that's to, to, a, you know, you know we'll get to that. I know yeah. we don't like
2: skipping around, but man, Vinny had a really bad day. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think she we could see how Fayetteville goes. It seems like Fayetteville might be a little bit better of a car. I mean, that was so fast. They were going so
0: fast and to her, yeah, definitely more climbing in Fayetteville.
2: And for, she worst has yeah. shown that she's not just a technical rider, and you know she can hang on. I remember there was a year at Bern where she hung with uh, Voss to the to the very end.
0: But um, and Copenberg Cross, you know. So I mean, you still have that. You have that similar drag in Fayetteville like in the middle of the course how you gotta go up every yeah
2: yeah I mean she I don't know she was there in in the lead group but I man it just you needed so much like speed in your legs in the last lap and uh just didn't have it so I'm jury's out for me that's a great question Bill and I I would
1: have to say that getting those I mean I don't know I think getting those victories here in the states getting the C ones um getting the points I I I if this race is in Europe and she's there in Europe, I'd see her finishing maybe beating Betsuma, but still, I think she's sort of that. This kind of shook out how we thought Alvarado being the surprise, um, but I, I think it was a good move, and I think it was worth it for her.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a net negative. I yeah. mean, she goes home with a ton of points. You know, that's going to help that when those UCI points reset finally i think she's going to be sitting in a really nice position it's just you know if if she were on podium or better then i think it might have been you know we could have seen a hmm we all have to go to america for the first couple rounds and uh hang out there and acclimatize (laughs) before we do these world cups and then you know next season could look a little different now i think uh you know if you're looking at that data, you're like, ah, eh, maybe I'll just stay at home as long as I possibly can. Uh, uh, der Vanderheiden, another, another young rider sort of showing her face at the, at the front of this race, actually up there, you know, it was interesting. I had to go, I had to check numbers. I think we all got the, you know, Dutchies on the flyover with, the with the fall colors behind shot. That was kind of the, uh, the, um, the shot of the day that you, you sort of had to check off your, uh, photography bingo card. Uh, it, and when I went back, I just assumed at first that that was worst up there, but it wasn't. It was uh, it was um, uh Vanderheiden sort of like line sitting for her before uh, before worse showed up to take her place in that in that group.
2: Yeah, she's been known to to, to start fast. Still looking for her to kind of make that that leap to you know because she eventually fell off, she dangled and then finished strong. I mean, she was making a bid uh, to get back in the game, but yeah, I think we forget how young she is. I mean, it was like it will have been four years ago that she won U 23 worlds and she's still only like 23 years old. So, you know, she won it young. She's a rider who's been on. So my question, Bill, I mean, if we're going to do photography corner, what are the other items on the the bingo card uh, for track? Cause we've all been to that venue so many times, but there were some new twists. There was some new decorations for the flyover. Felt like that was one. Yeah. You, had you- to get some sort of tie dye shot.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You got to tie dye shot. I don't know. It was like, it was weird conditions. It was almost like the, I didn't, uh, they changed, they changed the factory hill pretty drastically, they did. which really, really screwed up my super wide shot. It just, uh, you know, was not, was not there this year. I went down there and spent a lap and just could not make that happen on the, on the same spot. But, um, yeah, I think, I think you, you know, you, you have sort of, uh, set up shop for the for the um you know chasing chasing the dragon chasing the trek dragon on the finish yeah i mean it's got to honor tradition
2: and it never fails cuz the crowd was huge and it always looks really cool and every time you're
0: like oh that looks really cool <laughs> i will say that this year this is the first year that i noticed that and i don't know where the the people are coming from or how they necessarily got there but It was lined with people pretty much all the way down the finishing straight on both sides, which I don't think we always see, which was pretty cool. So even shooting from the front, you were able to get a lot of people in those shots, which is neat. I think, I don't know what the numbers were, but walking around, it was busy. I mean, you were definitely, uh, uh, froggering through people getting around that course. There, There was a really good crowd and I think it was, Michael wasn't like insanely hot it was a beautiful day probably like in the 60s while there were racing it was just pretty pretty ideal conditions to go out and enjoy a bike race yeah, it was
2: kind of interesting to me watching it back because i don't know it just seems like because you're there and there's so many i mean they put bleachers by the barriers this year <laughs> like bleachers and there were just people there were points where you couldn't move <laughs> you're like you're like the salmon you know a salmon like trying to get through people but like you watch it on tv and i could see where if you're a euro fan you might be like there's no one there which just makes me kind of wonder how many people are actually at european races it actually has to be pretty impressive because that was a huge crowd but there were times even where they're you know it's lined even too deep you're like oh there's not that many
0: people there well i i, I think it's still there's there's some trickery that goes on in these european races and it's also just you know how they are able to maneuver people into certain areas with beer and frites and big TVs and stuff, and then really just rope off other areas. So if you really pay close attention to a lot of these European courses, there's about 40%, 50% of the course where it's in the woods and there are no people at all because they just, they can't get back there or they don't want them back there. And that means that they are all just stuffed into these smaller confines and it's also smaller venues usually that there's a lot more you know back and forth in these you know small intestines cattle call sections of courses and they're going back and forth on each other a lot more which makes it look like a much bigger crowd I think if you took that crowd and plopped it down in a super prestige race it would it would look it would be pretty equivalent to what you're seeing there
1: I thought it looked good I've been there before and watching the live stream I was like oh there's like, there's a lot of people there. This looks good, you know. Also, like, it helps when you have a good camera crew with the long lenses. That's really, really brings people together and makes it
2: seem like it's more stacked. So,
1: yeah, it looked like a fun event. I'm sorry I, I, I couldn't make it to Trek this year.
2: Um, yeah, the the professionalism of the UCI camera crew was just, like, immediately evident. I mean, you know, they've been doing a great job with the USCX, but, like, just seeing the cuts and just everything is, like, nearly perfect, I was just like,
0: oh wow. Wow, that's they're so good <laughs> at what they do. Yeah, I mean, they have their direct. I mean, there's a lot yeah, there, there's a lot that the USCX is fighting that these folks don't have to deal with, which is not to say that you're absolutely right, they're a crew that works together forever and their directors and producers and all are all on the same page and they all are Flanders classics people and know what they're doing. Plus it's, you know, it's not the 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 you're looking at a fifteen to twenty thousand dollar camera for the USCX versus a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar camera right. at all those locations yep. for for the World Cups and that's what Michael's talking about. It looks more pro because you get those longer lenses and the more compressed. I mean these are you know, it's it's the same. The the cameras were at 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 Wisconsin football games like the day before and then coming over here it's that it's that level so it's 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 hard to compare when it, when the budgets are are so different uh, Clara Hansinger I know I started with her with a C1 what do we think about the 7th uh, place first first non dutchy
2: I guess I don't really, I mean, kind of expected it. it's a fast course, I guess we're still looking <laughs> to to solve the start issue. I mean, she was kind of kind of back there um, at the beginning, worked her way forward. I think there was one point where she pulled within 12 seconds, but that was there were some lulls. It lulled a couple times. It lulled in lap three and lap five. Uh, before you know, they started getting going again. So, uh, to be expected. I mean, she beat Helene Kozel. That was good to see. Um, you know, was with Madigan Monroe, who had a really nice ride. She finished top ten, finished ninth. So, I don't know. I don't really have much of an opinion. How about you, Mike?
1: I think. I think you know, we got a little rain in the forecast. Um, so for Fayetteville, I think. So I'm. I'm. I agree with you, Zach. I think that first World Cup seventh. On that kind of course, those conditions sounds good. Uh, Fayetteville, I'm expecting podium. At least, I think I think she'll podium for sure.
0: All right, next next question for you then, or actually just observation here. So Fem van Empel is a U23 rider. She basically any good fighter. She consolidated the belts on on day one here. She has both the elite uh, World Cup leader's jersey and the U23 World Cup leader jersey. After her. Get her out, you know, on on the on the U23 podium, it was Femme, it was Maddie Monroe, and then it was Canadian Ava Holmgren. Uh move Femme out of there, and then the next one is uh Ava's twin sister, Izzy. She would have been there. She was in fourth place. Pretty good showing by the by the younger set for North America. I don't know if that's because that's who showed up for the race or that. It's just uh, that we got a good crop of uh, North American talent coming. I mean, up. Ava Holmgren was up there. I mean,
2: it was like it was Dude, like it was a like great start. It was like Dutchy, Dutchy. Wow. Okay. All right. We're doing this. I mean, she was like seventh or eighth. Like the whole first lap. Like that was an amazing, you know. And it's Bill. It's what we've talked about all season with the. The young riders to making the most of their opportunities, you know, Madigan Monroe riding with um, Emory Worst, Sydney McGill doing the same thing. But, man, and she's only 17. She's not even eligible, <laughs> right? She's not even eligible to race most of the, the U23 World Cups the rest of the season because she'll be racing when she goes over. She'll be racing the junior race.
0: Yeah, no, this is the opportunity that they can actually race in this one. You're absolutely right. All uh, right. Uh, should we jump over to the men's race? Yes, I think uh, last week we we had to talk about, because we were jazzed for that Curtis and Vinny and American matchup for the men's race, and it may have looked a little uh, lopsided in what we were excited about for that week. I think that we can safely say that we were more excited for this women's race, which was a hell of a race, than the men's race, which, um, you know we've seen it before
2: right (laughs) i mean yeah uh, i don't know let me go to my photos oh wait we've seen it three times before yeah so that's my, my
1: my my question ellie you know he wins third third time in a row do you
2: guys know who won the other two men's races in the trek world cup tone arts won in 2018 and Vanderpool won in 2017 yeah because it was the the I mean, it was the iconic tone arts from behind photo that's still up in Chad Brown's office, I would assume um, that made or made its way to his office. But that was that was what spurred the behind. I mean, that was what made it a yeah. thing. I That's a great photo because I feel like we're all in it, too.
0: Yep. And then uh <laughs> the and then the Vanderpool one was the. uh so the wheelie. No, it was the equal pay that they didn't want to talk about. That's the one that I, I remember. He didn't want to wear
1: the he didn't want to have the check on the podium. He didn't
0: want the picture with the equal checks on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh. he was just tired. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a thing, so that's why I remember. It. <laughs> Maybe not for the best reasons for remembering him winning, but I definitely definitely uh remember that so uh yeah it, it, oh back back to the whole podium like tutorial thing so Ailey. Gives you the three, the three fingers up, and then he's like, let's do another look. And then he goes for the full on, you know, both <laughs> hands up. So he's just, he's covering his bases, whatever you want. Or if he wants, you know, different looks for different sponsors, he can, he can certainly give that's it
2: That's what, it, that's what I was saying. Like, if you hold it longer, you've got yeah. multiple choices. And like, as a photographer, you're like, do I want the three? If you mess up the three, you still got the post up. You might feel like an idiot, but you got
0: options. You could do multiple, po- three post, you could do three post ups or, or you're, Clients might ask for both. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can send both. All right. So I think that a Easerbeat winning is uh, really – Hey, great race for him. He's coming into shape again. You know, we we can say it now. We can ask this right now. Will this be the year that he is able to do this for the whole season or won't, or will it just be his normal like hot start and then hang on for the end and get all the, you know, jerseys by the skin of his teeth at the at the end. Who knows? But for right now he's definitely healthy and just flying. Can we talk about the rest of the podium, though, Zach? I know you said that you were retiring the bit, but...
2: All race, I was just thinking about Mike. I mean, Michael has been on... He has been our Sweck stan. I'm going to defer to
0: Michael. Michael, it was truly the Sweck end. Before you even answer that, can I ask you this? A, did you realize it was him from the beginning... B Man that green with the Belgian sleeves. I just it's good. It's something. You like it. It saves it. The I w- my thought was Oh the Belgian sleeves are the only way I knew it
2: was him. So okay. Like, sure. I like that kit. You don't like that I like that kit. I
0: like I the think kit it's a is fine. I have thought the kit is fine. The Belgian champion bands on the sleeves with the green and white kit jarring okay i'm totally opposite i think that kit
1: is pretty <laughs> terrible but the belgian sleeves sort of like bring it i don't know what's like the toyota toyota colors in the 70s or some like orange the belgian colors it somehow works with the green it, it, it takes the green from like the green jersey from garish it grounds it it, it brings it down a bit so i like swax jersey also i wouldn't it's this it was the sweetening, really was sort of what happened because no bill i didn't realize at first that was him um, and i was like who wait who's in second and i was like oh it's lawrence love it is i mean you i mean you probably could have scripted it better but the idea that the first big race first big world cup post being on the sauces He's getting second. He's trying to chase down Ellie. I mean, it was great. I loved it.
0: Well, it may have been. I mean, he may have been going. I think he wanted this win. And here, here's my theory. You know, years ago, uh, after Sven left Telenet, he was on. He had a Kralin as his main sponsorship. Sven and Sven, and they had kind of that same green. I mean, that must be the bank's colors, and they were just ugly kits. And I my theory through those those years was that though those were the years that Sven, you know, he was out of the just iconic baby blue and yellow Telenet Fidea kits. And he was in this just really bizarre looking green kit. And I think that was he had such a strong incentive to win either the Belgian championship kit or the world's kit so that he didn't have to wear the trade team kit. And that's, that is what I think that, that, that Sweck is on that same wavelength where he's like, I'm going all in on this first race. So I can get myself a world cup leaders Jersey and I can just put this green kit that I'm glad I'm on a team and I'm glad that kralin is sponsoring it. And I'm going to do this for them that they, I now have this shiny white kit thank god i don't have to wear that green thing anymore so i think that's gonna be his incentive in Fayetteville too he's gonna to try to he's gonna to try to to grab Man, it so there. the the pit is against me on trash or panache
2: corner too i'm just i'm struggling here uh i good to see you. i mean it was interesting uh talking to ailey after the race i was just like oh what do you think and he's like you know it he's like it's good he's like it was he seemed to intimate that it was getting kind of boring, that there were too many riders in the same team. He thinks that he, that it, it's more interesting and that it gives different riders opportunities. He seemed really excited for Lawrence. I asked Lawrence, like, how are you doing? He's like, I'm great. Like, love my new team. I'm really happy. Uh, I told him he had a lot of fans here in the U S and he seemed a little surprised by that. And I was like, people love you, man. Like we've got an entire meme. <laughs> it's the, sw- the this weekend. Uh, all kinds of things going on. So it's kind of interesting that you know, for them, it just seems like everyone was happy with Lawrence landing in his his new
0: spot. Mason's on that team too, right? Yeah, even though he's listed on the, I I I, yeah. I, I, I hesitate because I I was pretty sure that I saw him in that kit, but then he's still listed with his hands on the, uh, he, his his team affiliation for some reason didn't change on the. On the start list, but yeah, no, and that's what I was saying. Well, Lawrence gets to hang out with Tom Mason, so you know it can't can't be all that bad uh, on that team. It's probably probably a lot of fun. Though though, I I want to know if you all heard this. It was one of my favorite things with uh, Ailey's Flanders interview after the race like the first question this was a this was a lost in translation moment where both of the speakers actually spoke the same language it was just a different language to what they were normally would be speaking to each other in so the after the race the interviewer said asked Ailey's like so you really had no reason to be nervous like we talked about before and Ailey's like I didn't say I was nervous I said I was excited (laughs) I did hear that That he's just I mean he was like he he was he was kind of like a little like I'm not nervous don't don't put nervous into my mouth (laughs) that's so funny
1: because that was such a talking point during the live stream they talked about him being nervous and you know oh you know if you're not nervous anymore, your your head's not in the game, you know. Like
2: you got to have those nerves. Wow. Okay, that's hilarious. He okay, meant excited. Good. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, Michael, I mean, I feel like you've also been on uh, Tibo Ness watch. Uh, this just this was a Michael. This was a Bodhi. I was thinking about you a lot during this race, Bodhi. Just being like, man, Aww. Bodhi must be excited Sweet. about how things are going down because we had we had Tibo in the the uh, the Lars and Venturnout pony camp. Right, I mean, someone said, yeah, Tebow,
1: strong, got to be his best finish. I think he's won a race, maybe a smaller race, but I feel like fifth at a World Cup at the boss's house, that's a pretty strong finish for him. That, that's a big result. I know he said he wants to do a smaller cross season. Seems like maybe he's focused on the road. Um, I don't know, good, good to see. He was in that fight. He couldn't challenge Vantranau or 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 Vandahar for the sprint, so he did a cool tail whip. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see if this maybe is like was this just like one, like a good you know he peaked properly, or you know will he carry this form into the rest of the season?
0: Do you think having Pim Ronhar right behind him was more incentive to to finish strong? You know you don't. You got to have a little, you know, they're basically the same age there. So are they, you know, you got, you got the boss's kid and then you got this guy, you know, also former world champion coming in there right on his heels. There's got to be, there's a little, there's a little race within the race, I think on that, on that lion squad to see who the top cub is. 100%.
1: Yeah. How
0: about, uh, how about Michael Van Tornout's frustration, what do we got going there? We like to. He was he was not happy at the end of that race, and then kind of faltered a little bit. But it really looked like. I just I just wonder. We always talk about the dynamics in the sauces, and then we learn there are no dynamics. Are there dynamics? <laughs> I don't think anyone really knows at this point. I mean, I'm sure
2: Ailey would have been happy to have Venturn out there, but it was weird. He was like. My main competition in this race was Lauren Swack. It was interesting. Like, no mention of like, oh, I'm bummed that Michael wasn't there doing the buddy comedy again or whatever. It was just like Lauren Sweck. Which
0: Do you do you think they were yelling at Sweck? The Paul Sawson guys were yelling at Swack from the pits, telling him to, you know, ease off a little 100%. bit. Hundred percent. Absolutely. He's like, I'm not even on your team anymore. <laughs> it's like muscle memory.
2: I a hundred percent that happened. I was thinking. This race was like,
1: huh. We're kind of missing someone, aren't we? Tone Arts. Yeah. Just just kinda of had forgotten about him and and I was like, yeah, he could have maybe filled the slot here and and maybe done a little something, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean we're Ooh. still we're still looking to see who's gonna be that lion, if anything. You know, that was that was our we pretty much made hay for <laughs> years now talking about the Lions versus the sauces. And I don't know this. It seems like I guess in a good way, it's what you were talking about, Zach, with uh, Ailey in that, you know, we don't have just two kind of super teams out there going against each other and then everyone else. It seems like it's a little more broken up now. So maybe not a bad thing. I mean, you still got the hens in there who are making a little bit of noise. Uh and. I I don't know but yeah you're right Michael I didn't even think about that without tone there he definitely would have been right up in the mix and we have no idea what's going on with him
2: yeah I mean that was one of my takeaways I'm glad that you mentioned that is just kind of looking at this results sheet it's been so I mean the men's field has been so static since like 2017 right like when a lot of these guys started to break through and the younger rider, we're like, they're young and they've just kind of stayed and we're still waiting for that next rider to kind of break through at the top. And I think it was still kind of the same riders, but, you know, going down the list, you have Pim Ronhar, uh, I guess Don the Mon has been around, but Vandaputta in eighth, Timon Roog in ninth, and David Manu in tenth. So just a little bit different that maybe we're finally maybe going to start seeing some different names uh, break through and maybe change the top 10 a little bit cuz it felt like for the longest time, you know, for the last 5 years now almost, it's just been kind of predictable in terms of who are going to be the top male riders.
0: Michael, did did you on the I didn't watch the men's race except for the end. What happened? Tone Vanderbosch looked like he was up there for a lot of the race. So I was
1: looking at the results and I was like wasn't Tone the one who was up in the front and Niels Vanderputt well both Vanderputt. of them like
0: Vanderputt were there too but Tone looked like he was up pretty yeah I just I don't know maybe it, maybe it was Vanderput the whole time I didn't think yeah because so, I, I know I got a lot of photos of Vanderbosch and he was up there Zach do you have any idea what I do happened? not but I also
2: noticed that yeah. that there was an alpison rider
0: yeah a couple at the
2: front yeah. or, I'm assuming he I thought he just cracked because he
1: went super, possible super yeah. hard um I would just one thing I noticed on this this race, and I don't know if we've seen this before, but how far Ellie was going up the um, the run up off the loading dock. I don't know if that's what you, what's the name of that because Factory Hill is near the finish. But I
0: just, I just call it the loading dock run up. Lo- the, the the rerouted loading dock, uh, the the now the now Tebow Nice uh, run up. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it the <laughs> call the Tebow Nice run up. Yeah, they did. They did a nice job too, kind of making sure that there was no repeat of that. Even if it did rain, it was just severely cut. You know, so they were they weren't anywhere near that loading dock this year. Yeah, but just just like Ellie was
1: going, he was riding so far up, jumping off, and then he was at the top. Like it was it was so quick, and we kind of missed it with the live stream because the camera would stay for a while at the, when there was a group. And I just don't know if that I've seen that before at this race. Maybe it's just the dry conditions.
0: I think it's the dry conditions and that transition wasn't sketchy that, you know, that they just had the confidence to do that. It was, it was kind of the, the, the one part I did, I did. Jens was talking about how it's really, you know, not that long of a run up and just a little steep. And I'm like, man, it's that's one of those yeah. things that that, that no. television, wait, we all know television <laughs> yeah. just really does it a huge injustice. <laughs> this thing is so steep.
1: Yeah. When you're getting photos back there and you're like hanging off a tree, like trying to like, yeah, that's a that ain't easy.
0: Your boy Bruner, eleventh place, first first American, first North American. He beat Vinny finally. Pretty good, finally beat Vinny.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, a he decent decent race for him, I think. Like. If- not mistaken, I thought I heard that like he had some issues early on. I think he might dropped his chain actually in the first lap. Still dealing with chain drop issues. I talked to uh, to Chris Namba, their mechanic, afterwards. So they all seemed pretty happy with how he was able to kind of fight back and almost crack the top ten.
0: Couple of people on Twitter already uh, crowning Jack Spranger as uh, a national champion in the U.S. In the next few years, twentieth place, good, uh, good outing for him. Definitely, you know, already is a national champion, uh, but uh, on the on the elite level, I think there's some promise there if if he sticks with cyclocross. And I
2: think we got our answer on uh, maybe a little bit on, on Havardings, the new the the new pup uh he is did not have a breakout ride he is not is not the arrival of of haverdings <laughs> hopefully hopefully soon are you still on, are you are you going all in on the haverdings train like okay no, i just I'm want not. to jot this down no. for for reference so to no. give credit okay so you're not not in on no no, okay. no i got plenty of hot takes that that's not that was not because you're you're known for buying stock early you you get in and on I those stonks uh, at the right time and so I just want to try like it's a skill like you I think you've been buying stock at the right time and we come back and we're like Bodie's like already just cashing that in and you know patting himself on the back because you you get in on the ground floor well
1: you know I also, I'll admit last year I was all in a Blanca Voss winning world champs and that didn't go well I think mean, she got sick but she's won a race I think and check check yeah so
0: all right so we have the the world cup coming up quick uh we'll be racing a c1 on friday and then world cup on sunday uh before we talk about that if we even want to talk about it or we can just wait until it happens i do want to circle back on pan ams for a moment assuming are we done are we done with waterloo anything else yeah in, let's just uh, can we just
2: back? oh can i can we sneak in Bodie's picks i want to make sure that we get this on
0: the or should we just do that at the end we'll do it at the end We'll do it at the end. Let's just talk about Pan Ams real fast, and then we'll get to get to Fayetteville. Uh, so <laughs> when we last spoke, I gave uh, Pan Ams 35% <laughs> chance of happening after talking to many people that seemed, <laughs> seemed to know more than they were uh, letting on. Uh, the rumors that were going on in uh, months ago actually uh, I don't think turned out to be true. I think they got replaced by new facts and situations, but in the end – in the end, if you had bet on uh, uh, Falmouth and um, really rad hosting Pan American Championships, you were right. Uh, they have they and and they did something that none of us thought they were going to do. Much to my co host chagrin, who already bought plane tickets for uh, the weekend that did not include all of Friday. Uh, they're not going to mess with the USCX at all. So both days of the USCX are happening on Saturday and Sunday at the Pan American at uh, Falmouth for really rad. What they did was they added on a Friday race triple header, uh, and that will be the Pan Am Championships on on that Friday. So they can run a whole day of amateur and elite Pan American Championships. It's uh, I think it's a great. I know I know travel wise it stinks, especially if you already made your plans, but in the end, it's a really good solution that allows people to get that race in that um, you know, I think our description of it, Zach, on the last the importance of it, I think people were maybe intimating that was our feelings on it versus what maybe the feelings of not everybody going to more, more of, of the racers. Uh, I think both of us or all three of us would agree that it's, it's a really important race and it's, it's ridiculous not to race it. You know, it's a huge amount of points. And it, it, I think the the other thing that was lost that Chris McGovern brought up on Twitter was that it, it allows you, if you get, you know, it's really a battle, you know, not to dismiss any of our South and Central American, uh, countries who may participate, but it's really a battle of North America for an extra spot for the world's team that you get an allotment. And then if you get the Pan American championship, that's an extra, that's an extra spot. So that's a, that's potentially a ninth spot if you have those full eight. So it's, it's, it's worth from a country aspect a Federation aspect. It's giving somebody else another opportunity to, race at world. So I I don't see why everybody wouldn't show up and do that. And if, I mean, going
2: forward, I guess we'll, we'll see what happens, but you know, there's kind of like a weekend that it's supposed to be on. This seems like a decent solution. It seems like they were able to make it happen. So it wasn't so financially and resource intensive that they weren't able to do it. But, you know, I come back to just being all about in this era of not a lot of money in cyclocross, like let's make it as easy as possible to get to these races. This kills two birds with one stone. You have a USCX weekend and a Pan American championships. And maybe instead of bidding it out, we should think about, and this is putting a lot potentially on really rad because that's their weekend, but it's important to have the race. And if we can do it in a guaranteed organizer, who knows what they're doing, who's going to put it on the resources already there consider doing this in in the future until we get like the the massive boatloads of cash and cycle across again where we can just you know buy plane tickets to wherever for one race
0: yeah and i mean it's also right and that i i i'm not opposed to it going different places i i do think it's one of these situations that there there are a lot of things that i think that usa cycling and uh, Canadian cycling and all these federations are asked to do that are sort of beyond what they should do or want to do or have the the funds to do. And again, this is a Kopachi thing. This isn't a USA cycling or cycling Canada thing, but I, I think that my vote would be for if they have any budget, put it towards making this easier to have Pan Ams to help out, in that way that's that's what that's that that for me is investing in the development of your riders so i and i think it's it's really important and something that just shouldn't get swept aside should we go to our picks yeah you want Bodie? you want Bodie to start zach
2: sure i you know what uh what is it the the winners go first after you do you score you have to you go first
1: I'm going to shoot again.
2: Um, I mean,
1: I'm all, I'm all in Femme. She's going to do it again. And... You know what? Lawrence. I like it. I like Lawrence. I want him to win in Fayetteville on a climby course. Not going to happen, but I'm picking Lawrence.
2: All right. I, to be, I'm, I'm sticking with what I did last week. I'll take Lucinda. Bounce back. And uh, stick with Haley. I'm not going to pick against that guy.
0: Alvarado and Revenge Race for Van out.
1: Nice. Good
0: picks. I like them.
1: I like them, everybody. Did we do it? I think we did it.
0: All right. Michael, I'll see you in uh, Fayetteville. Zach, take good notes on TV. Sounds good. I'll give you my uh, my media report. Awesome. All right. We'll see y'all next time. The Slow Ride Podcast. Three idiots who are usually wrong.
1: The Slow Ride Podcast. The titanium of podcasts.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. It's like
1: if David Vanderpoel had a podcast. The Slow Ride Podcast. The Zwift Racing of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. Find the real advice. The Slow Ride Podcast. The Arrow Helmet of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. Sport leader coming through. The Slow Ride Podcast. When's Lance going to sue us? The Slow Ride Podcast. The experts in French cycling. The Slow Ride Podcast. Official fan experience zone on Facebook. The Slow Ride Podcast. The gravel bike of podcasts. The Slow Ride Podcast. Both vertically and horizontally compliant.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. New episodes every Tuesday.